sometimes getting people that are so much better than you, I think, is key. I'm a dreamer. Look, I got the book right here, Rocket Fuel. And I can tell you guys, I'm so far in the woods, in the visionary side. And I have a hard time getting things to the finish line. But if I have good people around me and I can get them to buy into my vision, it's very, very easy to hit the finish line. Welcome to the Home Service Expert, where each week, Tommy chats with world-class entrepreneurs and experts in various fields like marketing, sales, hiring, and leadership to find out what's really behind their success in business. Now, your host, the Home Service Millionaire, Tommy Mello. It's time to go live. Let's do this. It's one of my favorite things to do, guys, is go live and try to answer as many questions as possible. So let's look at a lot of the things that we're working on. And uh, hopefully you guys got some great questions. So here's the deal, guys. I hired a COO for all of my companies. And right now he's digging into books. We're getting a lot of people right now that are just trying to figure out what's going on with all my businesses, really taking a deeper dive into things, really figuring out realistically I should be making several million dollars a year, not even within my main company. So that's something we're looking into right now is how can we grow these other businesses while I'm growing A1? That's the main thing is growing A1. So he's a COO of every company right now that I'm involved in and really helping me organize everything, being involved, getting financial quick checks, just really, really important things that matter. Making sure my organizational charts are going, making sure we're getting job applicants, making sure that... In an LLC, you have a operating agreement and you know you want to make sure that operating agreement is dialed in before you get into business. I'm learning a lot of things and sometimes you want things to go well, but when they don't go well, did you plan, kind of hope for the best, plan for the worst? So I'll tell you what, it's been kind of foggy the last couple of weeks. A lot of people got COVID. I had a brief case of the Omicron, but I'm here back kicking. We worked out today. I had the trainer yesterday as well. And just pushing through it. That's the battle, right? Is is trying to get through this foggy, just headache. What I've realized is there's a lot of haters out there, a lot of naysayers, a lot of people that don't think we're going to succeed, a lot of people that just want us to fail. I've got two other companies that wanted to sell this week in the garage door industry. What I can tell you about the garage door industry is it's tough. Right now, I'm seeing a lot of people just wonder what's going on. Their kids this disease that's out there, this virus, they can't hire employees, they can't get products, there's price increases all the time, they can't get vehicles, it's pulling your hair out. You're seeing everything crumbling. So it's a weird time for me right now. It's weird because I'm not affected by the same things people are. Uh, I was on a call yesterday and the guy asked me how I get my energy and I just said, look, I keep my enemies pretty close to keep reminding me that they think I'm going to fail, first of all. I can't tell you guys how much it pushes me when guys tell me how much I suck. That's probably the best thing you could ever do to make me succeed is tell me you're going to kick my ass. Number two is we read a lot and we go visit a lot of shops. I'm hired another full-time videographer. He's going to help me work on a daily basis on videos and just go interview amazing CMOs and CFOs and CEOs. We're going to go visit my favorite restaurants that charge a thousand bucks for a dinner and find out how the hell they do such an amazing job. We're going to go out of state a lot. going to do a lot more traveling, do the things I love to do. So naysayers out there, the people that hate me, the people think that they wish me to fail. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Keep hating. It makes me feel so much better to know you're out there every night praying for my demise. Keep up the prayers. I appreciate that I'm in your prayers and I'll see you on the top. So we'll get started here with some questions. Once again, you know, you guys know my book. Home Service Millionaire forward slash podcast. I'm working on a second book. And interestingly enough, my second book <laughs> is a culmination of all these books. It's uh, lots of my books, and it's all about hiring and culture. So a lot of notes in there, a lot of amazing books, a lot of things you're going to use to hire, create a culture, create the dream manager, which reminds me. That's sitting at home, and that's another book that needs to be in there. We hired a dream manager. She's just coming on, and I'm really excited about that, getting that ball rolling. But yeah, so lots of stuff going on, lots of ideas. Right now, we're in the midst of kind of retooling, 
right now we're looking at the marketing and we see that there's some big issues. We think we're going to need about 12 people in our marketing team. We're still going to be outsourcing some things. But to be a several hundred million dollar company and be acquiring, here's how we're going to set it up. We're going to set up the company as a marketing agency. It's going to be an agency that could do any type of service in any type of city with any type of company because we're buying more garage door companies. We're into garage door flooring. We're getting into garage door storage. You know, that's the right way to set it up. So I actually have a full-blown new, brand new org chart for my marketing team that consists of a data analyst, a campaign manager, paid search, social search, PFP, direct mail, media buys, writers, link building, content, media coordination, influencer, PR, admin, design, filming, writers, video editing, analytics, webmaster. All these things are hires that we're going to be working on right now. You guys know I have the course of Home Service Millionaire. It's uh, course.homeservicemillionaire.com. And if you haven't heard, we've got a free Facebook group. I get on there and answer questions. i got Al Levy. I've got Dennis, you. I've got all kinds of people that jump on there. Jody jumps on there. He's killing it with the recruiting. Him and Vanessa, you know, we've we got a lot of big things going. We're launching Garage Door Freedom. And the reason it's taken a while is because, believe it or not, lawyers take a little bit of time. I expected lawyers to turn out things quicker, but I've never won with a lawyer. I've never won with a lawyer. I've realized we're doomed every time we hire a lawyer. Let's just throw a hundred grand down the bank. So we got all these agreements and I guess they don't want to get sued. And I guess they got a valid point about a lot of the stuff. And we've got these amazing people on our team to get this going, but we're putting deals together. We've got an amazing deal going with service Titan. We've got an amazing deal. We're structuring with Milwaukee tools and how we buy our shirts. And we're, we're going to bring these things to the home service expert. So, There's going to be two buyers groups, Home Service Expert and Garage Door Freedom. And it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I'm going to actually interview Jim as he and I work together over the next month. He's literally built out every project I have, which are hundreds, into a project management tool Monday. Our recruiting's on Monday. We're putting every project in the company in one platform Monday. We're putting every project of Tommy Mello on Monday, different screens, different boards that different people have access to. And then we're working on a reporting system, Power BI. There's another one called Insight by Amazon that we might use. I'm a little out of it today, just a little tired, just a little headache. So might not seem the normal energy, but it'll probably be more than anybody else you know. Let me answer a question here by Michael Carlo. Dash cam and driver cam, what's your opinion on this? Are you using either for your fleet? Yes, I use both. I can see out and see in. I would not live without it. They're amazing tools. Uh, The guys don't like them at first. It's hard to implement, but you absolutely want both. Today, I got off uh, a call about a um, captive. So... You know, when you're setting up a captive, if you want to save a couple hundred grand a year and you become a bigger company, you want to make sure you're doing things to ensure safety. You want to make sure guys have gloves. You want to make sure they got eye protection. You want to make sure they're driving right. These are all important things, and dash cams really help. Also, having gym memberships available for your employees. There's a lot of things you can do as you start to grow. You want to have safety. You want to have sensitivity training. But you got to make it fun too. But yeah, dash cams are important and then be able to see inside and out. I use a company called Lytx, L-Y-T-X. I know you've used a lot of CRMs. Have you used WorkIs? No, I've never used WorkIs. Some of the things you want to make sure you have in a CRM, though, let's cover some things. Great KPIs, analytics, number one. Number two is great API, meaning you can pull in other softwares. It's got to be clean, got a great user interface, I recommend not having the accounting software built in. I'd rather be able to look it up and like build it into Intact or QuickBooks. We use Intact now because we got too big for QuickBooks. I think it's very, very important that it talks to and communicates with inventory. There's a lot of ways to do this. But more importantly for me, I like call tracking analytics. I like things that tell me exactly what's going on with my sales. And I love charts. You guys got to understand, I'm a visual guy. I like a picture that could tell me a thousand words and basically say, okay, this market's doing better than this market. This marketing source is doing better than this marketing source. 
I want it so easy that a 10-year-old could walk up and say, hey, this is what's going on here, right? So that's what I think is important. So this is Christian. I have a 1099 model, and I am now looking on how to convert it to a W-2 model. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Well, if you're switching from 1099 to W-2, you got to at least figure roughly 10% more you're going to be paying because you got to pay FICA, Medicare, Medicaid, a bunch of, you know, Uncle Sam stuff. So they're going to be paying less. You're also going to be susceptible to a lot more lawsuits. So I would say you gain a lot of control through a W-2. So it's a beautiful thing. You definitely, definitely, definitely want to be W-2. You want control of your business. But what I would say is you just have to make sure they understand that they're going to get paid less money if you're trying to convert the 1099s to W-2. So you're issuing a K-1, now they're going to get a W-2 form. So there's a lot of problems with 1099, and you can scapegoat right through because the IRS doesn't care when you're too small, but as you start getting bigger, that's a big, big point. So I would say 1099 works for a lot of small companies, and then they realize, I lost control. My guys didn't pay their taxes. My guys, they don't pay their taxes. All your 1099s, most of them aren't paying. You should be paying their LLC, first of all. They should form an LLC. A lot of people don't understand is you could withhold their tax if it's in an agreement. Withhold their tax so you pay them for them. Um, that's something I would do as countermeasures, but you don't control their schedule at all when they're 1099. So W-2s are much better because it's a long-term employee, right? And I've done things like this, though. Like I've got a new video guy I'm bringing on. I'm going to 1099 him for 90 days. And just tell him come in when he's available, but make sure we're we know, give him some options when to come in. And then I'm using that as kind of a test before I bring him on full time. So I think that could be a good model. Let's see this. Dash Cantomatic saved my ass two times or two employee accidents to prove my guys were not distracted driving. Without the cab facing dash cam, I wouldn't have been able to have a leg to stand on. I agree, Steven. That's a great point. That's a very, very great point. What process do you use for all the books you read? Cover to cover or skim read? Oh, no, no, no. I'm definitely not cover to cover. And a lot of times I recommend using Audible along with the real book. You can go faster and you comprehend more. Now, what I do is if you look at, let me just grab a book here. This is the top one. So this is a really cool book, Company Driven Culture. If you look at the back of this book, it's got a bunch of notes of pages and another page with more notes. So let's just go to one of these pages. Page, it looks like 29. Let's see. It looks like I circled something here. So I put check marks right next to certain things. If you just flip through the book or read, what does this say? The first impression occurs as a subconscious level before your brain has time to evaluate the space at a cognitive level. It is felt, not thought. For some reason, I liked that at the time. Onboarding experience checklist, I got that. Lots of good stuff in here. They've got what's called an NES in this book, and uh, that's on page 89. And I love the NES. It's employee engagement survey. So it's kind of like a... Um, Net Promoter Score, except it's called a Net, an Employee Engagement Survey. And you're basically able to tell a score internally. You know, when I was talking to one of the gals that works here yesterday, I said, listen, my plan is to measure employees by, I want to look at 2022. I want to see how many homeowners have we brought on. So I'm hoping we have like 50 plus new homeowners, first time house buyers. And Maybe a couple people bought a rental house. I want to know who got any further education in their family. I want to know who had a new kid. I want to know who increased their credit score. I want to know who saved money. I want to know who went on their dream vacation. And that's how I'm starting to measure my success. I'm starting to measure my success by the success of others. And I think that's a great thought. Think about that. Instead of saying we did $10 million and $2 million profit, that's great. Hey, I'm happy for you, bro. But think about if you could say, we got 27 new homeowners. We had 10 people go on the trip of their lives. We had somebody go on a 10-year honeymoon. Let me read you all about this 10-year honeymoon. I had Julie. Julie went to whatever, France. And you go into this stuff and it just becomes, it's culture, right? It just recruits people. And, and I think it's pretty cool to be able to do that stuff for people. Let's see here. 
Where would you direct me to gain knowledge on how to acquire employees in the garage door business? I have offered a $5,000 bonus and still not one application. You know, I got a lot of guys. <laughs> and Scott, what I would say is you got to be able to have an apprenticeship. We get 10 times more people applying for apprenticeships to teach them how to do the garage door industry. But there's a thing called geofencing. You could geofence Wayne Dalton or Clope or Amar. When guys go in there, they can get to see that offer. I'm a fan of geofencing. It hasn't worked as good as I thought so far, but we're testing a lot of things right now. But what I would do if I were you is I'd create a, an apprentice program. And of course, you talk to my buddy Jody Underhill. He's killed it for me. He's always coming up with new ways. They just figured out some stuff on Indeed, and we got more applications rolling in. They've got a certain special account. They can see certain things. They can make things skip to the top. He does things through TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and just figured out a lot of stuff. RapidHirePro.com. He should be able to help you with hiring, finding employees. Let's see here. Keep giving gold nuggets. Thanks, Jerry. Yellow highlight is helpful. I agree. What drives the most revenue for you? Inside sales, call center, outside sales? Well, obviously, we just have a call center that takes inside calls. We don't actually do a whole lot of outbound calls. We literally do marketing. I'll tell you, the first thing you do is to create a reputation for yourself in a city through Google, Nextdoor, the BBB, Facebook, and Yelp. That's the first thing you do is create a great online reputation. And then you get your GMB dialed in. And there's ways to do Google My Business and get that thing bringing in a lot of leads. And then I would say add LSA, and then I would add pay-per-click, and then I would focus all my attention on organic growth because organic growth is earned media. It continues to do well even if you stop paying for it, and it's cheap. You know, I spent, ready for this? $382,000 in December on pay-per-click. So we're going to put some of that money into organic even though we already do a lot. Some people say, man, I spent ten grand a month on SEO. I'm like... There's a lot of money going out. And here's the hard part is understanding capacity. There might be a time, and that's why we're going to have somebody injected into the call center in marketing. Why? Because why are we running ads at night in a market that we don't have an emergency guy to work nights? Why are we running on Sundays in maybe a city that we don't have? So those things need to get dialed in. And the more you're available to run and the less you're going to mess with Google, the better off you're going to be for your quality score. Google's a smart company, I'll tell you guys that, because if you don't run often and you turn stuff on and off, your quality score goes down. Why does your quality score go down? Because, quite frankly, they don't view you as a quality company. If you're turning stuff off and on, you know, I had a company call me, probably shouldn't say their name, but you guys know me, I'm going to say it. Uh, Thumbtack called me, their highest level there, their leadership team, and they wanted me to come speak to them. This was years ago, before the uh, pandemic. And they asked me, why are we failing? They said, we just feel like, why don't we have you as a customer? And I said, well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one is I subscribed to your leads for three months personally. And I basically said, I will come there and wash your car, redo your roof, hang your Christmas lights. I will come out for a free estimate. I will do whatever it takes to earn your business. Let me come out. Then I started quoting for like springs. I have quoted $99 for one spring. And that's for two cars. I just decided to come up. How much for an off-track door? I'll come out for 69 bucks. I said, how much for a tune-up and rollers? 59 bucks. How much for a bottom rubber? 49 bucks. I didn't care. I started putting silly numbers in there just to see if I can get a response. And I said, it doesn't matter. I'll beat any price guaranteed. I got no responses. That's the first reason you don't have my business. Number two is you guys want to be fair to the small guy. And I understand that. But the small guy does well for a week. And then an employee quits. Or he goes on vacation. Or his truck breaks down. Or he's got enough money, he just wants to spend a few days with his kids, which is fine. But you're never going to get that commitment. I'll spend 40 grand a month for you right now, today. Show me your leads work. I'll commit to a year of 40 grand a month. And they said, that's what we need. We need that. And uh, unfortunately, they're not able to convert. And they made such a big deal to me about the small guy, giving the small guy a chance. And I said, listen, I am the small guy. I was a small guy. I understand that completely. I, I love the small guy. Unfortunately, the small guys don't own a business. They really don't. But it looks like they own a business. I mean, they got a bank account. They got an EIN number. But they don't own a business. They don't have any employees that are managing their books. They run around to do the work. 
They're in the truck. They're hustling, which is great. But a business means you have a place to go to work for the most part, especially in home service. That's what Google looks at. It means that you have employees that are focusing on the business. It means that somebody answering your phones 24-7. It means that you have a training center. Not necessarily every business, but as much as you guys understand that most people, most of America is full of small businesses. And I, a small business to me is a business with employees that are doing work. But a one to three man show, that's not a real business. I have a hard time saying that. And I'm not meaning to insult any of you guys, but hey, listen, I started there too. I was a one man show, literally. So I get it. Ziegler quote, you can have everything you want in life if you have enough people to get what you want in life. (laughs) I like that. We appreciate the junior. Yes, apprentice to junior tech. Yes, apprentice, junior tech, tech, senior tech, and then lead tech, and you can do a field supervisor. We're doing some different things now. We took Alivi's stuff and made it a little bit into our own, but Alivi's program works, man. I'm telling you guys. What's up, man? Hope all is well. Thanks, Tony. Are you selling older vehicles? Would they be equipped like they are today? Yeah, because I got 300 more. <laughs> today, I, uh, I had a meeting with my team, and I got a team now doing outfits all over the country, and I've got 300 new Dodge Promasters that I need to get received this year. So, yeah, I'm selling quite a bit of my old ones. So get a hold of me probably through Garage Door Freedom if you're not already on there. And I'll let you know when we're getting rid of them. But we're probably going to be getting rid of about 40 vans here in the next three months. Two cues. <laughs> Do you give everybody a cell phone and an iPad? So iPads and phones, I don't give people a phone. I give them an iPad. I personally never liked carrying around two phones. I did for a long time. I'm like, look, get a Google number if you don't want us to have your number. I don't care. You can retarget it any way you want. There's a lot of things you can do. I don't buy every single person a cell phone because it breaks. It's a mess. They got two phones and they don't answer it. They leave one here. This is the, they're trying to charge two different phones. It's just, but the tablet, yes, we get a brand new tablet. I use a company called E squared. We got a good deal with them through the buyers group we're working out and uh, we get even a better rebate because of our buying power through E squared. What they do is they help us buy things at uh, wholesale pricing. And as well, they help us manage all the data. And they help us reset everything when service tech has updates. And some of these guys, we know exactly what they're watching. Some of the stuff I can't say on air, but we know what's going on. So any of you A1 guys out there, we know what you're watching. Some of you guys know we've called you about it. Oh, well, that's what incognito is for, right? (laughs) Okay, so let's go over some more questions here. If you were a one-man show today, knowing what you know now, what's the first thing you would do? I got to tell you, I'll tell you exactly what I would do. It's cliche. It's literally like what any master of business would say is get a vision and put it on the paper. Your dream becomes a vision and go through a business plan and work through certain things. Understand there's a marketing division. Understand you have to have good accounting. Figure out what it's going to take you to get an SBA loan. Figure out what the org chart, the depth chart is going to look at. Figure out manuals. And then I would focus on my online reputation and making sure I got the right brand. I'd get a website built from a good person that builds great websites to get it optimized. You know, lately I've been talking to Bill Russell at SEO One, and the guy's a genius. I, I really enjoy his company. I'm pushing people towards him right now because I know he cares. I know he answers his phone. He's in the United States. You know, and I'm using Matt Woodward too as a consultant, and he's got some cool programs, but he's more of a either really high-end or really DIY. So Bill Russell, SEO one. But I'd I'd really focus on mastering lead flow. But here's something that I got to tell you, going back to a one-man show, is I wasn't charging enough. And you're really going to find real quickly, and years are going to fly by, and you're not going to have any money. You're going to be making ends meet. The hard part about a server job or being a one-man show is you start to bring in money. But Man, you can't go on vacation. I used to hate, I used to have a flip phone. It was white and black. It's a Motorola. It was a skinny one. And I used to despise after a while when it called. Because I'd be at a movie theater. I'd be just breaking, sitting down for dinner. And it used to just be too much for me. So the first thing I would say that for me, it was a decent bookkeeper and part-time. And I'd probably say get a $100,000 person to work five hours a week. 
because five hours a week is one eighth. So one eighth of a hundred thousand dollars or something like twelve thousand five hundred. So you're only paying them twelve thousand five hundred, but you're getting that skill level of somebody higher. So I get a bookkeeper, I get someone to answer my phones, and that's where I start. I pay somebody really, really good to come on as a salesperson because I learned more from about 10 people that came on, especially one guy when he came on. And when he came on, he taught me that it doesn't matter what market you go to. He just was really, really good. And I remember my dad had a company called American Transmissions, and he hired one amazing guy to run the shop. His name was Terry, and he learned everything he needed to know. So sometimes getting people that are so much better than you, I think, is key. I'm a dreamer. Look, I got the book right here, Rocket Fuel, and I can tell you guys, I'm so far in the woods, in the visionary side, and I have a hard time getting things to the finish line, but if I have good people around me and I can get them to buy into my vision, it's very, very easy to hit the finish line. So that's really half the battle is knowing and identifying what your weaknesses are. Very few people want to say they have weaknesses. They say, I want to work on my own weaknesses, and they say all this crap. Let's see here. Let's go through some more of these questions here. If you have a small company and wear many hats, and because of this, things aren't as inefficient as you would as they should be, how do you grow if things are too small for adding additional office staff and making things better? Well, one of the things is have, like I said, we've got a project list, and it's great to get a really amazing project manager on board. I'd say you get a project manager. You have them focused on one project at a time. They knock them down. But you need to be able to have all your projects. Al taught us to have five projects at once going on. But you have a master project list and you have a secondary project list. And you can make sure everyone's working in the same goal. But efficiency comes through numbers. You know, I wanted to read this. And I thought this was really important. I'm working with a guy named Jonathan Wisman. Some of you guys might have heard of him. He wrote the book, The Sales Boss. If you haven't read it, you got to read it. And I'll just read this. Here's what he sent me. He says, by the way, I think you should start telling your executive team that it's never going to get easier, that there will always be chaos, but the chaos is controlled chaos. That's the nature of things when you play out at the very edges and you push others to see their limitations. What you want is leaders that use the chaos as rich fertilizer for opportunity and growth. Leadership that can be calm, focused in the roughness of growth. As I say in my book, bring me my brown pants. They need to know that when you hit 150 million, you're going to want to hit 300 million. And I've had other people walk around my shop and literally say some of the people here have feel like they've already arrived. And sometimes I look at you, Tommy, they say, and you barely feel like you started going. And it's true. I feel like I'm in the fetal stages of my career. I feel like I'm just barely starting. I feel like today's a new day. I literally feel like I'm going into a new chapter every month. And I got to tell you, this one's a fun one. I didn't like getting sick. And it was just a pain in the butt headache. And it's still kind of here. It's lingering. It's just annoying. But man, it means a lot to me to have people. On, it, people have your back. Look. I got to tell you guys, when you're going through this stuff, if you don't have anybody to lean on, you know, I was on the phone with Jonathan the other day and he goes, I go, you know, I I don't think a lot of people believe that I could partner with a hundred plus companies. And he goes, well, I got to be honest with you, Tommy. If you would have told me that you're a $74 million garage or company, I would have laughed and said, you're full of crap. He goes, don't let anybody take away your vision because I believe in your vision and you believe in your vision. And don't let anybody take that away. And it really means a lot to me to have people on the sidelines cheering for me too. And, you know, my mom, my sister, my dad, my stepdad, you know, all these people that are really pushing for, for success and, and especially the people here at A1. Um, it's a family here. But when we're rowing in the right direction, it's, I got to tell you, part of me just loves when people say no. They say, that's impossible. You're nuts. And I'm like, we'll see in the back of my mind. When we used to play soccer and baseball as a kid, I'd always go to the team that was way, they had all the odds stacked against them. There's no way. Five good guys on that team. I'd go play the defense on the other side. I say, I love it when the odds don't make sense. I love it because it means that much more. I could go there and win. I'm a winner. 
but man, I want to go whoop these guys' butts. I want to show them that I'm a badass. And something about that, I can't explain it to you guys, but it pushes me harder than anything. Let's see here. Do you think programs like Handy, Angie's, Home Warranties make a good start for an apprenticeship? I do think those programs work. When you look at a guy like Leland Smith, it's a $550 million company. He starts his apprentices off on just service agreements. That's all they run is these tune-ups. So, yes, I do agree that even Groupon, Living Social, why waste really good money on PPC? Why send a guy to a really nice neighborhood? Why? When I walk into a nice neighborhood, I'm walking away with 20 grand. Luke's walking away with 50 grand. I got guys here walking away with 100 grand. Why send a guy to a great opportunity that doesn't know how to close? I want to share some things with you guys, too, on the finance side of things. I was sitting down with one of my guys that does my media buys, and we were just talking about what works the best. And if you guys listen to the podcast, I can tell you, by far, the best agencies in the world, the best, biggest HVAC plumbing, garage roofing companies, they all use promotional financing. We're doing an instant rebate. We want to buy your garage door. We want to buy your old garage door back for 300 bucks. Yeah, I want to buy it. Why? Because we've got a training center in every market. We want to use those doors, have our guys train on them. What am I doing with the customer? You get a rebate. We're training our guys all the time. We need your old door. This is the best opportunity. We're going to give you the most money starting as low as 23 bucks a month. That's a new door, new opener, new trim installed. Man, that's a good deal. That makes me feel good. And I got to tell you, this stuff works and it's the best offer anybody could have. Unfortunately, you know, there's 42 people listening right now. And I could almost guarantee you that maybe three of you are going to be the only ones that use these offers. Some of you guys are going to go, yeah, I know I should do it. I know I, I'm looking into Green Sky. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I can't tell you guys that I wish I would have just listened when people told me this stuff. It's hard to, though, you know, go on your Trello board or wherever you got this stuff and add it to the list because using to sell with payments is key. Oh, let me tell you my trick to home warranties real quick, too. We're going to call it ABC Home Warranty. I'm going to go out to your house and I'm going to talk about ABC warranty and I'm going to go, Mr. Jones, you lucked out. I am so happy for you. You've got ABC Home Warranty. They are the best. In the business. And understand one thing with home warranties. They look at three factors. Only three. They're going to take the mean, M-E-A-N. They're going to add up all your jobs and divide it by the total and figure out how much you're spending. They want to be on the lower end, the smallest number. They want the lowest mean. So mean is first. Number two, they're going to look at how quick you got out there. So speed. And number three, they're going to look at customer satisfaction. In that order, by the way. Trust me, they'll lose customers before they pay a ton of money because they got to make money. So if you figure out how to do this right, you can make all those KPIs look perfect for them. You keep their numbers really, really low. And here's how you do it. You say, listen, you never tell the owner how much they're paying, the home warranty company, but I got to collect $75 while I'm here because ABC company's taking care of you. They're going to cover everything. They're just getting this little deductible from you. I love this company. ABC is the best, blah, 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 blah. And then you, you give them a couple... ABC is going to include this. They're going to include this. Oh, hell, I'll even give you two springs. I'll keep it at 100 bucks for the home warranty company. But then I say, you know what? Let me show you some things. I replaced these two hinges. I was able to add uh, whatever. Not a strut. I wouldn't do that for the home warranty. But I'll, I did your springs. I added a couple of this. They covered all the labor for you. Everything's taken care of. But there's a couple of things that really scare me. Okay? These couple of things really, really scare me. Give your rollers a shot. They're no good. And you show them why. You show them the difference and you show them they're brittle, they're old, they're crappy, they don't roll anymore. It's kind of like putting your brake on, emergency brake when you're on the highway. They're just not rolling. Maybe the cables are braided. They don't cover that. Because the, the home warranty company wants you to use those parts so they completely fail because they want to keep collecting that $75 deductible. So you say, here's a few things. They've already covered the labor. All in, you're looking at $278. And that's to get this thing up and running for a long time. Most people are like, wait a minute, 278 bucks plus a 75, 350. I got all this stuff, springs, cables, rollers. But here's the deal. You go run 10 of those a day on a new guy who's getting four to $500 a ticket. You can make those profitable and they'll keep feeding you jobs. See, the problem is Adam walked in 
to the office down there about two years ago and said, we're not making any money on home warranty, not compared to Google, not compared to PPC. It's an opportunity cost. He showed me the evidence and I got out of it, but it wasn't me selling. If I was in there selling, it would have been $700 tickets on every job and I would have run eight of them a day. And how many of you guys are doing $5,600 a day in garage stores? I doubt it. So that's that question. Official quote. You can have everything in your life you want if you will just help enough people to get what they want. Zig Ziglar, Howard Parch, love it. You really do. It's part of the facts. Tersh is on here. Appreciate you watching, brother. Hey, Tommy, how many vehicles do you have? I don't know. I saw a 400, number 427 out there. I, I got rid of probably the first 100, so it's in the several hundreds because we've got vehicles that aren't used yet in certain markets. We've got vehicles. We've got plenty of warehouse trucks. We've got warehouse trucks in other markets. I've got probably a dozen trailers, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And I've got two full-time people. And then I got, of course, Enterprises help, and I've got all the logistics handled. I mean, there's software involved. But yes, Sarah and Zach handle that. We went to lunch today. They do a great job. I'm really happy about the team members we have here to manage our fleet. Thanks for the correction. Were you always selling high tickets? How did you get your first admin or dispatcher? Well, it's kind of funny because I had somebody, but I got my mom to move out here in 2010. And recently, I talked about my mom quite a bit because when my mom used to answer the calls, I was hoping I had a phone around here, like one of the old phones, but she used to get on the phone and go, oh my gosh, oh honey, I'm sorry you're trapped. Oh, we're going to be there. We're going to make it all better. I've got the best technician. His name's Tommy. And she'd start talking to them and she'd get on the phone with them and she'd be laughing with them and loving it. And I'd show up there and I'm not even kidding. They were putty in my hands. The people run up to me. I must've got a dozen hugs when my mom was answering the phone. Like they know my life story. And she wouldn't tell them all the time she was my mom. But what you start to realize is it's so important about the CSRs, the dispatchers, how they treat the call. And when they can smile, I've made a message for Angela the other day, a quick one. It was for the IVR. And I listened to myself and I said, oh, my God, I wasn't smiling when I was on the phone. So then I said, OK, hey there, thank you for calling anyone garage or a service. And I know I'm plugged up right now, but it sounded so much different because you could tell I was smiling. So that's a great tip is to tell your people to smile on the phone. And selling high tickets, no, I wasn't always selling high tickets. In fact, there was a time I was dumpster diving for cables. I would take units apart. I'd pull gear and sprockets out of units and sell them refurbished. I'd rebuild heads. I'd take capacitors out. I'd pull every g trolley out from the junk pile. I'd pull cables out of the dumpster. I'd go install things for people that were getting kicked out of their house because the bank was taking it in 2008. I would do whatever it took to earn business. I got my sticker everywhere. I got to hire four or five guys. There was a point that I was bringing in several hundred thousand dollars a year when I just had a few guys and me. I was making more money, but it wasn't sustainable. So I still got guys that advertise around here for $199 springs. They're busy as hell. They run 10 jobs a day. They run warranty calls all the time. And you know, you get what you pay for, really. I'm starting to see that in everything I do. So hopefully that helps. How did you get your first? I mean, you want to be able to pay a little bit more and get a really good person, especially for your first person. Don't go cheap. Make sure they're very, very talented. I think the best place to go is to put it on your Facebook and have people share it and find a really good person and help somebody. Find somebody that's really good at interviewing, okay? Don't do it yourself in the beginning. All you one-man, three-man shops, five-man shops, 10-man shops, 20-man shops, find somebody that you look up to who's hired a couple hundred people. And have them sit on the interview with you. I promise you. I promise you. They're going to ask questions you didn't think about. When I was doing my first interviews, I used to try to sell them on me. I realized when I do the interviews, I would spend 39 minutes talking about me and maybe five about them. And then Bill, my stepdad, would talk 15 minutes about A1. It was not good. Let's see here. Looking forward to seeing you next month, Tommy. I'm looking forward to it as well. Love the comment from your last podcast. People will join your organization because of your vision. People will stay because of your leadership. Thank you, Richard. I believe you are structured to be a billion-dollar garage or company. I think so, too. Uh, Gregory Buttocks. <laughs> hey, can I ask a question here? Do you believe in subscription financing, such as Ehansafi, or a firm is a best company? Um, I'm not sure what that is, so I don't want to talk about it too much. 
The promotional payment helped us a lot. We were able to help a customer afford two doors after they ran into it. After we came back and told them Good Leap would give them 5K, the customer decided to change out the ops. Bro, this is pure gold. Thanks, Church. Thanks, Cody. Mad respect, Tommy. Hi, Tommy. I'm an electrician out in California. The same technicians that go out there and sell the service call. That's what I have. Do they install as well, or do you have guys come after them? So, no, my technicians install, but you got to understand service to sales is the best thing that they're going to ever be. Service to sales, I got to tell you guys, you know what I do? I've been known to send out my technicians and my managers. They fly out to different markets and go out with air conditioning guys to understand the perfect turnover. So turning over a lead from service to sales is how Ken Goodrich just sold his company for 21 times EBITDA. That's how some of these guys are getting 20 times. That's how Neighborly taught this rule and got 23 times EBITDA. Learning how to take a service call and wondering, is it better to fix this or replace it? And here's the best tip I can give you is stop selling out of your own pocket. You don't know. You do not know. You don't know what's best for the customer. They know what's best for them. Upstairs, I got these, uh, whatever they're called, stethoscope, whatever the doctor things. And here's what I tell my guys. You walk into a doctor's office and you sit down and they hand you this paperwork and you fill it all out. Takes about 10 minutes. I usually do it in five. It's a clipboard. I give it back and then they keep you waiting there for 30 minutes. God knows why. They're never running on time. First thing they do is they say, okay, take your shoes off, step on this scale. Then they measure your height. Then they'll go ahead and get your blood pressure. Then they say, go wait in this room. They're asking questions, though. They're saying, how is life going? It looks here that you're not getting too much sun, which is great. You're wearing your sunscreen. How much are you working out? Okay. So they're asking questions. They're learning about me. And they say, listen, what is your diet like? Cigarettes? How often is the alcohol? Probably too much. And then the next thing they say is, uh, all right, let me take a look. Let me look at your throat. Say, ah. Okay, let me look at your ears. Do me a favor. Call for a few times. Let me see your heartbeat. Okay, good. Depending on your age, there's more stuff that goes on, but uh, I'm not that age yet. But they're learning about us. They take the time to ask the questions. And then they sit back and they say, okay, I'm going to run a few more things for you. I'm going to wait back to get some of this blood test, blah, 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 blah. And then they write down their amoxicillin or whatever the hell that is. And they say, here's the prescription. And when you get the prescription, do you ever say, I can't afford that? <laughs> do you ever say, oh, I'm going to get another opinion? I've never went to the doctor and said, I'm going to get another opinion. I mean, yes, I understand if it's like catastrophic, but if they tell me whatever I need, whatever their prescription is, I buy them because they're the doctor. They've asked all the right questions. They diagnose the person before they diagnose the problem. Then they diagnose the problem. They find commonalities. They smile. They have a good chat. They get to know me. And in the midst of doing all this, they get all the examinations done. And they do what's best for me at that point in my life. They've asked enough questions to make that assumption and the prescription. My question for you is, how many times are you selling out of your pocket, telling the customer what you want to sell them, rather than listening to them and letting them drive their decision based on their buying behavior? And they're moving out of the house in a year. But I'm telling you what, you use your garage door like your front door, don't you? First thing I always tell people, because I can tell and I say, you want this door to be safe. And then I ask them how long they're staying in the home for. And usually I can tell because how old their kids are. And I've already walked through the house. I know what their garage is like. I know what they do in their garage. If they got two Teslas parked out there, I know if they got a nest on the wall. So they like technology and they want a smart home. You get to learn all these things over time. And what I would tell you guys is take the time. I had a guy, he wasn't doing so good in Michigan. And I got to tell you, this guy means a lot to me. And he's doing really, really well. Because he calls me up one day and he says, Tommy, I'm really, really sorry. He goes, I'm letting you down. And I go, what do you mean, dude? Stop, 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 stop. I go, are you near by a mirror right now? And he goes, no, but I could be. Why? Because that, that's weird. I said, can you just look in the mirror right now and tell that guy that you love him, first of all? I said, just be honest with yourself and tell him that you love him. And it was kind of weird. I think he did it. But then I said, listen, pull your shoulders back. So I pulled his shoulders back. And I said, let me hear you talk loud. Slow down when you talk. And so he starts talking a little louder and he slows down. And then I said, now smile. 
So he smiled and and I said, remember that. Pull your back up. Smile. Pull your shoulders back. Talk a little louder. Slow down. Get to know the customer. Have fun. Enjoy it. And listen to me right now. Do you believe that my Mad Life Springs that we've trademarked that are 80,000 cycles are better than a 10,000 cycle spring? Yes or no? Yes, sir. Do you believe that we're a better company? We've got brand new vehicles. We train for 60 days before we have a guy go out there. We do drug tests and background checks. We run same day warranty calls. We carry the best products. We've trademarked our parts. He goes, yes, I do. I go, are you in? You bought into this. And we called two other technicians on a four-way call. And he went to his next job. I did $7,000. And he said, I smiled the whole time. Like you said, I said, yes, sir. No, sir. I played with the dog like you told me to. And I said, good, but just remember, I can't do this on every call, but I believe in you. I believe in you. And that's so important is to tell your guys every once in a while, slow down. I believe in you. Love yourself first. But I got to know you bought into me. I got to know you bought into the product. Because if you don't believe that replacing that door that's 10 years old, that's a hollow back, people go, well, it's just a garage. They don't need a new one. I go, fine. That's your belief system. My belief system isn't. It's a piece of shit. It's a hollow back door that's 25 or 26 gauge. It's not a good product. It doesn't have good parts on it. It's not what I would put in my mom's house. And I care about my mom. I get a good deal on garages and I give her just, this is the fact, guys. I'm replacing something for somebody I care about. I'm never putting a hollow back in. If I put it, getting him into a car would probably be a Tesla. I don't drive a Tesla. I drive a truck. But moral of the story is. You need to do things for people that you believe in. And if you don't believe in what we believe in, then we're probably not a good fit. And I said this this morning. I said, guys, some of you guys that have been with me a long time, I said, I'd hate to see you leave. And I care about you. You guys have became my family. But now I've got a greater obligation to 400 employees. So you guys have brought me here and I appreciate it. And I owe you. And you guys will be successful wherever you go. But if you can't buy into the new, the change, I don't recognize myself from last year, the company, and you won't recognize it in a year from now. But if you guys can't buy in, I get it. You know, we change all the time. It's tough. So tough conversations, and I've had those. Let's see here. Long-time listener, first time live. Thanks for all the tips over the years. Thank you. Tom, you're always giving back. What's crazy? I'm in the HVAC, and I've gotten more value from a garage or company operator. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Just did $1,700 in service and turned it into a $67 door sale today. Service to sales. Double pay for me, an extremely happy customer. Door works until new package is out. Love that. Richard, implementation of three options has definitely boosted sales. Your sales psychology is unbelievable. What is the number one book you recommend on this topic? Ooh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I've got a bunch of NLP books. The eye contact is so important. And shutting up after you make an offer. But I'll tell you this, you want to do well, record yourself like Nextstar does doing role play. You want to make a ton of money, record yourself and give yourself some honest feedback. And listen, perfect it, smile, have fun. You know, we recommended buying coffee this morning on our Mojo call. We had a guy buy coffee, did a $7,000 door sale. And it's not the buying of the coffee. It's the fact of the, who is this person that's just... And if you guys really want to try it, a lot of people will say, no, I don't need anything. So you just say, when I'm at Starbucks, say, listen, I'm going to get you a double caramel frappuccino frap, whatever. And um, they're like, oh, I don't like that. If you're going to get me something, just give me this. But just say, don't make me surprise you. And you laugh and you have fun and you say hi. And you're like, listen, I'm here to save your day. I'm about 10 minutes away. I'm at 7-Eleven. Do you want me to get you a Monster, a Gatorade, or a coffee? Because I'm getting you one of them. Oh, no, listen, if you're going to give me anything, give me a Coke. But now there's a law of reciprocity. And when you start offering, and I'm going to get you something either way. See, in service time, we got a way to expense that from the tech and pay him back on his paycheck and a different line item. So I think that that's important. I've got a lot of books, man. I, I got to tell you, I really, really, really like the book Influence. I really, really, really like The Whispering Manager by Joe Crisara. Never Split the Difference is a great book on negotiating how clients buy. Uh, it's a great book. Objection-free selling, questions to sell, the secret of question-based selling. Learning to ask the right questions is how you should be selling. And if you ask enough questions, I had a company, Valpac, 15 years ago, came into my office. And this is like first one I was getting going. And I fell in love with these guys. They were just so funny, so amazing. 
And they said, we've got a rule. If we let the customer talk more than 90% of the time, it's almost a guaranteed sale. Guaranteed. And I said, 90%, so 54 minutes. That means you've only talked six. And I was out with my buddy, Dave Carson, and we went into a hospital. And he literally went to the front desk girl, brought her a flower, made her laugh, noticed her hair, had chocolates for another gal there, got directly into the decision maker, talked the whole time about soccer and the kids and the, how they're doing in school and the varsity team, and then made the sale at the end. And I've learned one thing. If you keep your mouth shut and you keep your ears open, and you listen, and you smile, and you become the expert, and you're the doctor, and you make eye contact. You know what it's like to buy from somebody that you believe in. And I love giving people, I like the word, a good shake. So I think those things are important. What is the CSR's role in the sales process? The CSR is the first person. It's like my mom. You got to make sure they're living up to the brand, that it's an amazing, that they answer the phone quickly, and they smile, and they've got the answers, and they're not like a robot. And a CSR position is tough to find a great CSR that's going to last a long time. Think about it. Would you like to answer phones for the rest of your life? There are people that are great at it, but it kind of becomes a revolving door, kind of like that first or second job. And a lot of people start out in a call center. We're working on a decision tree. So is this, are you calling about service or a new door? Boom. And then the questions just come based on the decisions and then it builds a call. The best companies in any call center have a decision tree, something we're building right now. Let's see here. Just recently opened my company back up November the 21st, came back right after me alone selling and doing the jobs. That income that's coming in is about 15 to 20,000 a month. What do you recommend to do? You know, here's the deal. I don't know how big you want to get, but I'd become a lot bigger than that. I would try to find a really, really good technician. I'd really try to focus on what my dreams and goals are, how much I want to work. See, I love to work, but I love being at the shop. I miss the days I was out in the field, but I don't think I could ever go back to that because that's like backtracking. But I got guys that will never want to get out of the field. They're just addicted to it. And I got guys that want to work eight jobs a day. I got guys that want to work three, then they're done. But I wouldn't know that. If you wanted to jump on a call with me, I could find out a lot more about your personal goals. But definitely get at least a 10-person company going. And 10-person companies should be able to get you a couple million dollars a year. If you can bring home 15% of that, that's 300 grand. And you should not have to work super hard for that. I'm hungry to grow. I want to learn. I recently asked Leland to hang out and chat. Can't wait. Yeah, he's a genius. When asking questions to homeowners, is there a particular type of question you like to ask to avoid or avoid to engage the customer? Yeah, first thing I ask him is, this is a beautiful home. How long have you lived here? I already know that because I already looked him up on Zillow. Another thing that I'll ask him is, what's going on with the garage door? When was the last time you had the garage door looked at? A lot of times I'll ask them, where'd you get that Harley? I love it. How old is it? Oh my gosh, I love shooting darts. What's your favorite game? 501? Oh, cricket? I love cricket. I hate the bullseyes. It's always the toughest for me. How often do you play? How's your cap? All these things matter. Every single question you could ask and genuinely be interested, that's even better. I can't tell you enough how much I got invited to church on Sunday, to the field trips. To I mean, literally... I got invited to dinners. I got invited to holidays. I mean, just because I'd be myself, I'd go talk to the customer. I'd have fun. I'd high five them. I'd laugh with them. I'd congratulate them. I'd talk about the things I like to talk about. And they loved it. And if you could connect with them, by the end of the sale, I wasn't talking to a customer anymore. I was talking to a friend. And you'd be surprised. I had a buddy I just went to eat with this past week. And I met him in his garage. And he goes, man, dude, you come a long way gave him a tour and uh he started his own tequila soft drink it's uh only like six percent alcohol but it's still considered a liquor so he can't bring it into a lot of like 7-elevens yet but great guy let's see here do you have a separate phone for each marketing platform yeah i do i have separate call tracking numbers you know a guy like the wizard of ads he says if you market correctly you don't need call tracking numbers yeah there's a lot of ways to do it but i do think starting out with a call tracking number, making sure that that source is working and you're getting calls. If I'm getting phone calls, I'll book it. Because just to be able to answer the phone and smile and say, hey, how are you today? How can I help you? And then say, oh my gosh, I'm sorry your garage door is broken. Oh my God, I heard Toronto. Yeah, you're in Michigan? Yeah, I heard in Toronto they have literally 40 inches of snow. Oh yes, you know, the salt is what kills me. It just the rust. 
oh man, yeah. And you're just talking to them, having a conversation. And they're like, you guys are cool. And then you hear, I like the guy on the phone. I immediately knew when I called that you were my company just because of the way your employees act. Every other place, they didn't want to give me a price. They were mean on the phone. They didn't want to talk. And I will tell you, that's easier said than done. So that was one of the questions. Let's see here. Fake listings everywhere. A lot of people talk about fake listings. All you need to do is there's a way to report those. Just look up, look up how to report fake Google listings. You got to go there, take a picture, spend time. If it's really bothering you, you know, those fake listings, they don't rank very well. There's a lot of them here too, but here's what I noticed. If I focus on what I can do for me, instead of focusing on trying to take other people, fake listings, fine. Some of them are real. Some of the guys live in an apartment. I don't, I'm not going to track that shit down. I don't have time to worry what's fake, what's not, who's doing what, what's doing. I had a guy that had a freaking onion router that would click on my ad all day long. He gave it to two of his employees to click on and just make my PPC go through the roof. Eventually, we, we caught on and we were able to stop it, but I didn't live and die and breathe by that. It was annoying, but I got to tell you guys, losers focus on winners and winners focus on winning. That's what it is. I got that in my kitchen. I don't have time to make excuses of why somebody's better than me. Give me anything. Give me any ad. Give me a billboard. Give me a TV commercial. Give me a Craigslist post. Give me an opportunity to hire an employee on Indeed. I will outdo it. I'm obsessed with being the best. I want the best ad. I'll figure out a way to be the best. But I don't I don't have any competition. There's no one that I look at as competition. I don't care. And a lot of people say, well, you're in an easy industry. Whatever. I had a garage guy call me. He's doing $7 million in garage He said, air conditioning is the easiest thing I've ever done. My first summer, I did $5 million. People go, oh, air conditioning is so tough. You, you got it easy. I don't know. This guy called me and said I'd be over 100. Well, he said you'd already be over 100 million, but we're at 74 this past year. But I'm like, dude, if my average ticket was anything like my guys that I know in HVAC, I'm just too far down the road now. I, I've got HVAC. It's in my blood. I can't. I can't go back. I'm too far in. But I got to tell you, I love roofing. I love HVAC. I love windows. I love front doors. Uh, things I'm going to probably get into in the future. I mean, I'm only 38. How could they verify like this? Fake address, not even on Google. There are guys that figure out ways to do spam. Just like how does a guy get a free fight or free cable or go on? They got a, these Amazon things and you can get free fights. You can get free HBO. I can't tell you exactly, but there are services that people figure out ways to beat Google, like anything else, figure out ways to beat Craigslist. I mean, shoot, Craigslist is more, you can post as much as you want. I used to post hundreds of times a day, but ultimately, what the hell, why would I post a hundred times a day? Well, what I learned is post, I'd have my stepdad posting his number with a completely different looking ad. I'd have three of my technicians posting. Completely different ad on a call tracking number. I posted. And so I became my own competition. But with Google, I'd rather focus on getting a ton of reviews, getting the citation sites, becoming a real company. Because even those fake listings, they don't have more than 10 reviews. They're not getting good customers. Any of those customers are crap customers anyway. But hopefully you guys took something from this today. I really, really, really enjoyed doing this. Continue to ask a lot of questions. Continue to think outside of the box. Continue to read as much as you can. I will say, someone asked about a book. This is the best book you'll ever read. It's Influence, Robert Cialdini. You know this is a good book? Because when I was getting my master's degree at U of A, they taught me about this book from an ASU professor. So that's how I know it's great. But you guys are amazing. I appreciate your time today. Next time, hopefully this cold and this headache will be gone and I'll be like uh, raging like I usually am, getting excited and yelling. But uh, this is fun, guys. Hopefully you took something from this. Hopefully your lives are more prosperous. Hopefully you look back one day and say, maybe you learned something that affected your life in a positive way. Maybe you became a homeowner sooner. Maybe you became a better dad or a better mom. Maybe you got a better marriage, but that's what this is all about. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Appreciate you guys very much. I hope you have a great week and a great weekend. See you guys later. Hey guys, I just wanted to thank you real quick for listening to the podcast. From the bottom of my heart, it means a lot to me. And I hope you're getting as much as I am out of this podcast. Our goal is to enrich your lives and enrich your businesses and your internal customers, which is your staff. 
And if you get a chance, please, please, please subscribe. You're going to find out all the new podcasts. You're going to be able to ask me questions to ask the next guest coming on. And, and do me a quick favor. Leave a quick review. It really helps us out when you like the podcast and you leave a review. Make it four or five sentences. Tell us how we're doing. And I just wanted to mention real quick, we started a membership. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. You get a ton of inside look at what we're going to do to become a billion dollar company. And uh, we're just, we're, we're, we're telling everybody our secrets basically. And people say, why do you give your secrets away all the time? And I'm like, you know, the hardest part about giving away my secrets is actually trying to get people to do them. So we also create a lot of accountability within this program. So check it out. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. It's cheap. It's a monthly payment. I'm not making any money on it to be completely frank with you guys, but I think it will enrich your lives even further. So thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it.